podcast, where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about gaming. Some of you guys are like, yeah, let's talk about gaming. Yeah, I want to go play for 20 hours. Yeah, I want to eat my Hot Pockets. Yeah. Why do I want to do an episode on gaming, and how is it connected to male optimization? Well, look, I mean, many of you might not agree with me on this topic, but I, I, I think... Similar to the episode we did on how I think America is in a collective depression, and I give four or five kind of anecdotal examples as to why this is. The way we dress, the morbid obesity, the very high rate of prescription drug abuse and recreational drug abuse, the amount of alcohol ingestion. And I think one of them that you can add in there is gaming. And I think all these things have something in common. Americans are not happy and they're numbing the pain and they're numbing the pain in different ways or a combination of different ways. So you can certainly be gaming and be drunk or gaming and you smoke pot, which is quite common. And I think that gaming, like with a lot of things, in moderation is not necessarily bad. But you might not agree with me in this particular case. But I think gaming should be a a reservoir for the young. And if you look at what the average age of gamers is, it's in the mid-30s. And I think this is not right. It's not right. And I think it's played out, and I mentioned this before, like in Judd Apatow movies, Seth Rogen movies, and a variety of television, media, social media, all these things that have normalized how playing video games uh, is like a normal adult recreation. And and I want to be clear, look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with playing Nintendo Wii with your kid, like you're playing tennis together or bowling, something that you're doing with your kids in a small amount of time. Because arbitrarily, there's no difference between playing ping pong with your kids than playing video games with your kids. What I'm more talking about is you alone in your basement playing all hours of the night where it essentially becomes an obsession. There was a, I used to like the Big Bang Theory, uh, especially the first few seasons, and then it was just, it went on too too far. And I'm, I'm one of those where if I fall behind three episodes in any show, I just stop watching it. I just, I, I'm, I'm the opposite of the hoarder. I like to just purge things. And there was that episode, I think in season one, where Penny starts to game and Sheldon's very excited about it, but then eventually she becomes too obsessed with it and she stops grooming herself and all these things. And Sheldon's solution is that she needs to get laid. But there is this kind of idea of too much. And I don't think anyone can deny it, that you can have too much of something. And I think gaming is one of those. And if any of you women are listening to this, you might have a husband or boyfriend who games too much. 
And it's similar to alcoholism. Like, what is the difference between alcohol dependence and alcoholism? Alcohol dependence is, it doesn't necessarily affect your life. Alcohol dependence is defined for women by having more than 10 drinks a week, and for men, it's more than 14 a week. But it isn't necessarily affecting your life. Like, essentially, you're in a functional, what we would call functional alcoholic. Then you have the alcoholic who is called that because it affects their relationships, it affects their job. And this is what I'm talking about with gaming. You can have a gaming addiction where it is affecting your sleep. You are sacrificing your sleep because you're gaming through the night. And we've talked about it here before, how chronic insomnia shortens your life expectancy, higher rate of heart attacks and strokes, higher rate of infections, higher rate of cancer, higher rate of obesity, and so forth. So anything that is affecting your sleep is not good. Now, some people just have chronic insomnia, and I, I suffer from this from here or here and there. But I am not doing lifestyle choices that would contribute to that. And so there are people that will sacrifice their sleep for other things like porn, gaming, whatever it is, gambling, online gambling. And of course, this is not good. This is not good for you. So I want to be clear. I'm not necessarily shaming any of you who are 44 years old and you're playing Call of Duty or Assassin's Creed or whatever. And you're playing it maybe 30 minutes a day here and there. I would say that there are better ways to use your time, like reading a book, learning about history, keeping up with, oh, I don't know, local politics, keeping up with school board councils. If you got kids in school, going to church, taking a walk, taking a hike. I don't know. There's a lot of things that I would recommend that you do more than gaming. To me, and over at Spotify, you can post comments on episodes. It's kind of like YouTube. Over on Apple, if you're listening to this on Apple, you can. To me, I just think gaming should be done for children. It's it's a child hobby. And once you reach maybe college, I think when you graduate from college, is when you just need to give it up and move away from child childhood pursuits. Now, let's look at some stats. This is from Gamer Demographics. This is from a website called Dataprot, and it collates demographic information on gamers. So I want to go through some of these. It says the average average age of a video game player is 35. Not surprisingly, this has gone up in previous years. And of course, these are kids like myself who grew up on Nintendo and Sega, Sega Genesis, and they just kept getting the new platforms. You just kept buying the new platforms and you keep playing them. Asia is the biggest gaming market as 1.6 billion players. And that's in gross numbers. But if you look, Europe has the higher percentage per capita where half the population between the age of 6 and 60 plays games. There are 742 million people in China who play video games. That's more than half the population. And that number has doubled from 2020 to 2022. According to this, the male to female gamer ratio is close to 50-50. I find that hard to believe, but it says here, like in some countries like France, there's more female gamers. Now, what do we mean by gamers? Because this could be, you could be playing Candy Crush and they call this a gamer. So certainly a game that's more female skewed, yeah, you might, if you count that. But if I'm talking about ones with platforms like 
PS's, PlayStations or Nintendo's. I don't know. I still think that boys are pretty much doing the most of it. In America, 214 million Americans play video games. This is according to the Entertainment Software Association. 51 million of them are children. 163 million are adults. People aged 18 to 34, 38% of them play video games. According to this stat, 48% of American gamers are females. 10% of American gamers play 20 hours or more per week. I would say that's excessive. And I would say that you need to nip that in the butt. Because look, it's not good for you. It makes you too sedentary. You could be out exercising, taking care of your health. And also look, as a whole, women don't like it. So if you want to get laid, you being a gamer typically isn't going to be the conduit to you getting laid. Oh, Gregory, but I know guys who play games and smoke pots like Chad's and Tyrone's and they get laid all the time. Well, they get laid all the time for other reasons. But the typical caricature of a gamer, you're less likely to get laid if for any other reason you're, you're not interacting with women because you're always gaming. 71% of American gamers are white. That's not surprising. 76% of gamers, this is in the U.S., 76% of gamers in the U.S. are over the age 18. There's at least one gamer in 75% of American households. Wow. So I'm in that 25%. 46 million U.S. residents who play video games have some sort of disability. Interesting. So I wonder if that is a physical disability or a psychological disability. I wonder what that is. In the U.S., 55% of parents play video games with their children. According to this, this study, 73% of the surveyed parents believe video games are educational, while 66% find great entertainment in family game time. Now, again, that really depends on what you're playing and how long you're playing it for. Am I surprised that gamer parents think that 73% of them think that gaming is educational? That doesn't surprise me at all. As I mentioned before, 50% of Europeans play video games, so every other European between the age of 16 and 64 plays video games. If you look in Europe, the age distribution of gaming is 23% are 45 to 64, 16% are 35 to 44, 20% are 25 to 34, and so forth. So you're looking at the majority are going to be adults. In Europe, the average gamer spends 10 hours playing games a week. So in Europe, they spend 23 and a half hours a week on television, followed by 14 hours a week on social media platforms. Video games come in third with about 10 hours a week. 76% of surveyed American European gamers play for at least one hour a week. At least, I mean, one hour a week, that'd be more like one hour a day. Look, I mean, we can continue with the stats over and over. Is there any reason to believe that these, these trends are going to change? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And not just in gross numbers, but because in terms of the overall population, but I think per capita, it's going to increase. And you see with the advent of AI and virtual stuff and virtual gaming, I think this is going to continue. But I think that the more, the more pressing issue is, we can look at it this way. In 1979... When we had Atari and games like Pong 
And I remember this. I, I was I I vaguely remember having in television. And I got ColecoVision in 1983. I remember these early platforms. The adults, as a whole, were not playing them. They were not. But since like vaping, like the tobacco industry, like the alcohol industry, like McDonald's, they know that if you get somebody early in their age, they're more likely to be a lifetime consumer of your product. And so with gaming, it's not surprising that the kids who grew up with these early platforms or with later platforms are still gaming, right? Because why would they stop? And yes, you can call me the John the Baptist, the voice crying out in the wilderness telling telling adult men to stop, especially if you're playing way too much. But most of the guys who game aren't going to listen to me. And you guys who don't game, you're like, yeah, it's a childish endeavor. I, I have better things to do with my time. We'll, we'll just be like, well, Gregor, we already know this. So gaming does tend to be a polarizing thing. I can tell you from my personal experience, just for me, I, I had a Sega Genesis through high school. And I stopped playing it in college. And I think maybe there was a time I had a PS2, but that was like in 2007, <laughs> maybe 2010. Because I do remember playing, and it was an old platform, and the games were really cheap. And I think I was playing like Madden 05 in 2010. So it gives you an idea that, that it was an old platform that I bought used. And I think I used to play Madden for like maybe six months. And then eventually I got I got rid of it. Now I do have children, but I've told my children it's like I am not going, we're not gonna have a video game platform. Now that doesn't say much because everybody's got tablets and you can play games on your tablets. And my younger children do play different types of educational games on their tablets. I let them play like flight simulator games because I think that's good for them in addition to childhood educational games. But they won't have a platform. A video, a true video game platform, because look, I don't see any reason for them to have it. And strict homeschooling parents kind of see this and know this, that if you take away screens or, or raise a kid in a milieu where there's not constant television, video games, social media screens, these kids will go do things on their own because that's all they've known. You think of like Abraham Lincoln playing with, with stones and, and, and wooden blocks and stuff. That's all they had, right? That's all they had. And we used to play with rolling the can with the stick and all these games because it's all we had. So if you if you teach your kids and raise them in an environment where they don't have constant screens, they're not really going to be as tempted to be on these screens. But if you introduce them to screens, and we have our earlier episodes here on how the American Academy of Pediatrics warns parents not to let kids under the age of two and close to smart devices at all, not just for the EMF radiation reasons, but just because it can it can change the wiring of their brains. It's best in general to have your children not be gaming at a young age. And again, this this is only gonna only a certain amount of people are gonna listen to this. Most gamers, of course, are not gonna listen because they're on one level or another they're addicted and this is not to shame you it's no different than people who are addicted to other things that are pretty common i will maintain that america is in a collective depression and you can see it borne out and how we over rely on diversion whether it be sports obsession video games alcohol whatever it is social media television movies and i think that's just a way to numb the pain because America is in a collective depression for a wide variety of reasons. The broken family, the, the political crisis, the internecine warfare, whatever, whatever you want to talk, 
say it is and attribute it to, but I think video gaming is as an extension of that. And I think if you look at the last 20 years, with certainly with the Hollywood movies, like the Seth Rogen movies, it just reinforces the, the kind of, the, it's okay and cool for adult men to be gaming all the time, where it can affect their livelihood, affect their job, affect their relationships with women in their lives and whatnot. And I just think it'd be best if all adult men would severely limit their gaming or if not eliminate, eliminate it completely. But of course you can disagree with that. If you haven't done so already, check out The Cinema Rag, which is my movie podcast. It's also on Apple or Spotify. By, by this time, we probably have about 135 episodes. I started back in January. As with all things, rate and review. Check out the PayPal link. Until next time, take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to The Awakened Man Podcast. Find us on Facebook at The Awakened Man Podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember... Freedom is better than Needham. Until next time.